ಸಂಶಯಾಯ ಭೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತೆ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸೊ ಉಮಾ ಕುಮಾರ್ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಯು ಅನ್ಮ್ಯೂಟ್ ಯುವರ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಆ್ಯಂ
the 65th shloka it is displayed on the board prasade sarva dukhana hane rastyopajayate prasanna chetaso hiyashu पर्यवतिष्ठते प्रसादे सर्व दुखानोपजाते प्रसन्न चेतसो हिशु बुद्धि पर्यवतिष्ठते वंडरफुल ट्रांसलेशन फॉर वन द सैटिस्फाइड इन कृष्ण कॉन्शियसनेस द थ्रीफोल्ड मिसरीज ऑफ मेटीरियल एक्सिस्टेंस exist no longer in such satisfied consciousness once intelligence is soon well established yes thank you you can mute it so very interesting shloka 65th shloka krishna is saying here प्रसादे सर्व दुखानोपजाते प्रसादे सर्व दुखानी हू गेट्स दिस प्रसाद एनी बडी हू गेट्स दिस प्रसाद वी अंडरस्टूड वॉट इज द प्रसाद प्रसाद मीन्स नॉट जस्ट द प्रसाद दैट यू गेट इन द टेम्पल्स वेन यू गो दैट यू गेट सम खिचड़ी और स्वीट पोंगल no that is also prasadam but apart from that anything that is the mercy of the lord that mercy of the lord is called as prasadam so anybody who receives the reciprocation from the lord in the form of prasadam then sarva dukhana hanirasya pajayate all the miseries will just vanish so very beautifully krishna is explaining and dropad translates as that anybody who is satisfied in krishna consciousness when does one become satisfied in krishna consciousness when he gets that prasadam just like when a person is hungry and you give him nice uh, food stuff he will feel so satisfied he is hungry for so many days and finally when he gets some food Ah, he is so satisfied. Even a little morsel of food will satisfy him. So similarly, we are all thirsty and we are hungry for Krishna consciousness. We are hungry and thirsty for bhakti for the Lord. And when we get that prasadam, that mercy of Krishna, we will be completely satisfied. And in that satisfied state, we will become free from threefold miseries. now what do we know about this threefold miseries 
So these threefold miseries in Sanskrit they are also called as tapatraya. Tapa, tapa means heat. Tapa also means pain, lot of miseries. Tapatraya, traya means three. So threefold miseries. So this tapatraya, many times in South India at least many people commonly use this phrase. In general talks when they are having, when they have some problems, oh, kya tapatraya hai, you know. Tumba tapatraya, generally, you know, in Kerala they say, tumba tapatraya hai. So it means that tapatraya means it's pain, it's a lot of uh, unwanted uh, uh, you know, problems that we face. So what are these tapatraya? So Shastras explain these threefold miseries. Number one, Adi Bhautika. Number two, Adi Daivika. And number three, Adhyatmika. So these three, Adi Bhautika, Adi Daivika and Adhyatmika problems are called tapatraya. Adi Bhautika. What do we mean by Adi Bhautika problems? Adi Bhautika problems means that problems which we face because of other living entities. That is called Adi Bhautika problem. So right now when you are sitting, a mosquito will come and it will bite you. You are arms and nicely enjoying the session, but then the mosquito will come and bite you. That is Adi Bhautika. Now Lasya is listening to this session, but her sister will come and she will start disturbing and she will say, she will make some noise. Maybe she knows, but maybe they are together listening to the session. But then some Adi Bhautika, the problems which we face because of the other living entity is called Adi Bhautika problem. You are nicely going on the left side of the road, you are driving your car, but suddenly some person, he is drunk or he is gone crazy, he will come and banish. Adi Bhautika problem. So anytime we face a problem because of other living entities, that problem is called Adi Bhautika problem. You are completely alright, you have not done anything wrong, but still the problem will come from the other side, some other people or some any other living entity, that is Adi Bhautika problem. So let this get registered. Adi Devika, second. Adi Devika problem means any problem that we face because of natural disturbances. Like we are facing the pandemic today. So because of the coronavirus, there is so much of Adi Devika problem. It's actually, it's a divine arrangement because all these things do not come all of a sudden. There is a tsunami that comes in. There is a tornado that comes in. There is a cyclone that comes and disturbs. So earthquakes that they come and disturb and kill people. So these are all Adi Devika. Why? Because they are under the superior control of the Devatas. Because there are some superior controllers who actually ensure that these things happen to us. That's why they are called as Adi Daivika problems. So there is Adi Bhautika problem, there is Adi Daivika problem and there is Adhyatmika problem. What are Adhyatmika problems? That problem which comes, comes to us because of our own karma. Our own karma comes and hits us. That is called Adhyatmika problem. Many times we face a lot of problems because of our past misdeeds. 
either it may be in the past previous life or in this very same life all the mistakes and sinful things that we have done it will come and it will hit us it will give a reaction and that problem is called as adhyatmika problem so these this this three adi bhautika adi daivika and adhyatmika are called tapatraya and who is not actually attacked by these three each and everybody everyone is actually bombarded with tapatraya all the time any problem you see in your life is actually falling into these three categories you take any problem it will fit into one of these three so krishna is saying here that anybody who receives the prasadam then he becomes free from these three four miseries what an amazing thing everyone is actually suffering from these three four miseries but krishna is saying if you receive the prasadam you will become free from these three four miseries and there is uh, it's not difficult to guess if anybody can become free from these three four miseries he will be satisfied he will be truly happy and in that satisfied state krishna is saying that what will happen buddhi paryavatishtate paryapta we said no paryapta paryapta means sufficient so paryavatishtate avatishtate means established so buddhi paryavatishtate means our intelligence will become very well established our intelligence will become very steady it will become it will no longer keep wavering but it becomes rock solid our intelligence becomes rock solid it is completely contrary to the 64th word right or 63rd word since 63rd word krishna was saying what smriti bhramcha buddhi nasho buddhi nasha he was saying that the intelligence will get bewildered the intelligence will get lost because of smriti bhramcha but here krishna is completely reversing the state and saying that your intelligence will be well established how when you receive prasadam so you will not be bewildered your intelligence will not be bewildered very nicely you will be situated in krishna consciousness but how will you be satisfied this theoretical knowledge will not help bhagavad gita right now when we are discussing it is more of a theoretical knowledge right now but when you take these principles of bhagavad gita that we are discussing and you start applying these principles in your life this will become a reality for you it will become an experiential knowledge not theoretical knowledge and when you get this experiential knowledge when you start experiencing all the words of krishna as spoken in the bhagavad gita wow you will be so blissful and this bliss the experience of bliss will be so satisfying that you will never never be actually uh, facing problem because of this threefold miseries you will become free from the tapatraya and that is what we want right we are all looking for a very joyous and happy life and krishna is promising us that is very much possible but how you become fixed in me in krishna consciousness when you start thinking feeling and willing for krishna that is krishna consciousness i repeat it again when you start thinking feeling and willing for krishna 
then you will be satisfied right now we are thinking we are having feeling and we are also willing but not for krishna but everything other than krishna is what we are thinking feeling and willing but when our ability to think feel and will is directed towards krishna then that will give us bliss and will make us truly happy and we will become free from these three forces so this is an amazing thing so krishna is saying get my prasadam and yes definitely you can uh, begin with eating nice prasadam so whenever you go to the temple and they giving you prasadam just honor it don't even wait for a second you can just take it and you can grab it and you can take it let's begin with eating because we are all addicted to eating good food stuff so let's begin with uh, krishna prasadam by eating and gradually you will see that just eating is not krishna prasadam even seeing becomes krishna prasadam like when you are seeing the deity of the lord the beautiful form of the lord that is also prasadam when you start hearing bhagavad gita and you start uh, listening to the bhagavatam classes then that is also krishna prasadam right so all these different things when you engage in then automatically you will become krishna conscious you will become god conscious that will make us free from all the problems right so very beautifully krishna is saying that it is not simply theoretical knowledge it is experiential knowledge and we are all looking for experiential knowledge okay good so let's move to the next words and the 66th words so achutan ji you can unmute yourself and let's chant the 66th words it's been long time that you have chanted okay nasti buddhera yuktasya नचायुक्त भावनायत शांति अशात कुतस्सुखम नुद्धिरयुक्त न चायुक्त भावनायत शांति अशात कुतस्सुखम वंडरफुल ट्रांसलेशन वन हु इज नॉट कनेक्टेड विद द सुप्रीम in krishna consciousness can have neither transcendental intelligence nor a steady mind without which there is no possibility of peace and how can there be any happiness without peace wonderful thank you so you see there is a very interesting connection here and let's uh, understand this very important shloka again krishna is revealing another secret here in the verse number 66 and he is saying that nasti buddhir ayuktasya nasti buddhi na asti buddhi So what is Krishna saying that anybody, one who is not in transcendental consciousness, 
I had earlier also mentioned what is transcendental. Anybody can define what is transcendental? Anyone knows what is transcendental? Yes. It is a change which expect beyond. Okay, that's one definition. Uh, beyond what? I had explained very clearly in earlier session. What is transcendental mean? Last year you remember? What is transcendental? We say no, we transcended. We hear this word, we have transcended. Okay, so beyond our senses, it is definitely beyond something but not the senses. It is also senses, but specifically transcendental has given this definition. What is transcendental? Okay, you are coming closer to it. So when we say physical realm, there are three things which actually characterize the material realm. Do you remember the three things? The three gunas? Exactly. So what is transcendental? Anything that is beyond the three gunas, anything that is beyond sattvic, rajasic and tamasic, the three gunas is actually called transcendental. So Krishna is saying anybody who is not in that transcendental consciousness, which means that anybody who is influenced by one of these three gunas, as long as we are influenced by Sattva Guna, Rajo Guna and Tamo Guna, our Buddhi, our intelligence, Ayuktasya, it will never be steady. As long as you are constantly bombarded with this influence of three Gunas, you are Nasti Buddhi, Nacha Ayuktasya Bhavana, neither your intelligence nor Bhavana, your mind will be steady. And when your intelligence and your mind, when both of them are not steady, then na chabhavayata shanti. How can you be having shanti in your life? Shanti means peace. If your mind is constantly disturbed, if your mind is constantly hankering for so many other things, external pleasures, and your buddhi is not fixed, then what happens is, there is no peace. There is no Shanti in your life. And when there is no Shanti, when there is no peace, sukham. So Krishna is saying, if you are not peaceful, how can you be happy in life? So see, the secret of happiness is very beautifully explained by Krishna in this particular verse. So everybody wants to be happy. The common denominator for all of us is happiness. Each one of us is actually striving so hard, working so hard. Why? Because we all want to be happy. A student is studying, is working hard. Why? Because he wants to be happy. He or she. Similarly, a professional is working hard because they want to be happy. A housewife, a husband, everybody who is working hard towards maintaining a nice family. Why? Because they want happiness. Everybody is actually working because they want happiness. But then Krishna is saying, you cannot achieve this happiness 
This happiness question can be fulfilled only when there is peace. But when there is no peace, we cannot be happy. And why are we not peaceful today? Why we are so disturbed all the time? It's because our mind is not fixed. Our mind is wavering. Our intelligence is wavering all the time. And as long as these two are not under control, then Ashanti he. Ah, now very nicely Krishna is explaining who can be peaceful. Yes, Prabhuji, we all want to be happy and happiness comes because of peacefulness. But how do we become peaceful now? So Krishna very nicely explains in the 5th chapter, 29th verse, the last words of the 5th chapter, Krishna explains, Bhuktaram yadna tapasam sarva loka maheshwaram surudam sarva bhutanam nyatva maam chantim rachyati ah, What does this mean? So Krishna is saying, a person can be peaceful. But when he can be peaceful? When he knows Bhoktaram Yadnatapasam Bhokta Bhokta means enjoyer When somebody knows and understands that Krishna alone is the supreme enjoyer When we understand and come to this consensus that yes Krishna is the lone enjoyer in this whole universe You all must be thinking, what is this Prabhuji? That means we are not supposed to enjoy, only Krishna is going to enjoy. Yes, actually that is the fact. He is the supreme Purusha. Purusha means enjoyer. Now although we may call ourselves that I am a Purusha, we are not Purusha. I may be a man, in a man's body, we are all, some of us are here in the man's body. Just because we have the man's body is not does not mean that we are Purusha, we are in the enjoyers. The supreme enjoyer is Krishna. Bhukta, Bhukta Ram. And he is the enjoyer of everything. Everything that exists in this material world, in the spiritual world, is meant for his enjoyment. But falsely, when falsely we think that Krishna is not the enjoyer, I am the enjoyer. That is when Ashanti will come into our life. The moment we think that I am the enjoyer, I want to enjoy independent of Krishna. When we don't understand that Krishna is the Bhokta, I am the Bhokta, everything is meant for my pleasure. When we start thinking this mentality, as long as we carry this mentality in our mind and our intelligence, you will be not peaceful. You will never become peaceful. Please understand, this is again very important statement. As long as we are having this attitude of controllership, Bhoktaram Yatnatapasam Sarva Loka Maheshwaram. Krishna is saying, I am not just the supreme enjoyer, but he is saying Sarva Loka Maheshwaram. He is also saying that I am the Maheshwara, I am the controller of Sarva Loka. All that exists in this world and beyond is under my control. Ishwara. Ishwara means controller and Krishna is saying Mahishwara. I am the greatest of the controllers. Now each one of us is also a controller to some extent. 
We are all trying to control certain things. We are trying to control the satellites in the space. We are trying to control the trains. We are trying to control the mobile phones. We are trying to control the husband. We are trying to control the wife. We are trying to control the children. Each one of us is trying to control something or someone, but we are minute controllers. We are not Maheshwara, but Krishna is Maheshwara. But the problem is, we are thinking that we are Maheshwaras. We want to control everything. I just don't want to rule on this planet Earth. I will also go to Mars and I want to rule on Earth, Mars. We are constantly trying to have this attitude of controllership and enjoyership. And as long as we have this false attitude, we will be bewildered. We will become unpeaceful. We will always remain unpeaceful. Because we are trying to become something which we are not. See, we are minute, part and parcel of Krishna. Krishna is Vibhu and we are Anu. We are minute enjoyers and we are minute controllers. But when we think that I am the supreme controller and supreme enjoyer, that will make us very, very restless. And that is why we are frustrated all the time. Every time when you want to control something and that goes beyond our control, you will become frustrated. Every time that you want to enjoy something and you are not able to enjoy that, you will become frustrated. So this is a good point, this is a good time to understand that yes, Krishna alone is the Bhokta and he is the complete controller. By the way, you must be thinking that Prabhu, what kind of a master is this Krishna? He is the Bhokta, he is the supreme enjoyer, he is also the supreme controller. He is a very dangerous master. You know, we have seen Hitler, we have seen Stalin, we have seen many such great uh, rulers on the planet who were very powerful, Bhoktas, and they were enjoying and they were trying to control people and exploit people. Anytime you see there is a powerful person, there will be a lot of people who are getting exploited under him. Although many companies, they say that yes, we are paying you a lot of money, but you will see deep within, they are exploiting the employees. They are making them work hard for many, many hours and there is a lot of this exploitative mentality in the masters. And why we don't want to surrender to someone, especially in today's time, we don't want to surrender. And especially I see a lot of youths, many youngsters, they don't want to accept anyone as an authority because they constantly have this experience of being exploited by people. And nobody wants to be exploited. Be exploited. Now we are thinking that yes, what if Krishna is also like this? He is also the supreme enjoyer, he is the supreme controller, he may also be a very exploitative person. Like any other masters, he may be very exploitative. But then Krishna is saying, Surudam Sarva Bhutana. So Krishna is clarifying, I am not an exploitative master, he is saying Surudam, Surudam. Like a friend, in English there is a word friend. Right? So friend, he is saying Surud. The, the superlative degree of friendship is Surud in Sanskrit. So Surudam Sarva Bhutanam. I am friend to everybody. He is the supreme controller, he is the supreme enjoyer. At the same time, he is not exploitative. He is the dearmost friend sitting in our own hearts. He is right within our heart. 
If he was exploitative, he would have just left us long time ago. But life after life, he is sitting in our heart and trying to fulfill our desires. That is a friend. Although we have given up the spiritual world, we have given up his association. No Krishna, I don't want you. I want to enjoy independent of you. And we have come to this material world. But Krishna is so merciful. He is such a wonderful friend. He is always constantly sitting in our heart and guiding us. So only when a person knows Bhuktaram, Maheshwaram, Suridam Sarvabhudanam, such a person, Nyatva Maam, anybody who knows this, Shantim Rachati, that person will be peaceful. You see, if you want to become peaceful in life, then this is the formula. You should know that Krishna is the supreme enjoyer, he is the supreme controller, and only when you know this, that such a great friend I have, I have a wonderful friend in my life, no matter anybody who can ditch us, one day or the other day, some, somebody can actually, our closest people, the closest friends can actually leave us and go, willingly or unwillingly, but Krishna is such a person, although we may not want this friendship, but he will always be behind us. And such a nice friend we have forgotten. We have completely forgotten that we have a wonderful friend like Krishna in our life. And we are trying to get, fulfill our desires of friendship from so many different people other than Krishna. And that's why we are not peaceful. So we need to understand this now that Krishna, yes, you are my supreme enjoyer, you are my controller and you are my great friend. I will understand this and please make me peaceful. And you will automatically become peaceful. And when you are peaceful, that sukham, happiness will come into your life. That happiness will come. We know the beautiful example of Sudama. Sudama was such a poor Brahmana. He had nothing, materially speaking, Sudama was, you know, he was wearing all the tattered clothes and his wife was so lean and lanky and then children were all malnourished. But in spite of all these difficulties, he was quite contented and happy. Why? Because he was completely aware that Krishna is in control and Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. And finally, because of that, he was he was blessed and he became even materially very uh, well established later. So please understand, devotees, that if you want to become peaceful in life, this attitude of enjoyment should be given up. How do we enjoy? By giving enjoyment to Krishna, I will get my enjoyment. Krishna is like that, you cannot enjoy. It doesn't mean that we cannot enjoy. But my enjoyment is giving enjoyment to Krishna. By giving enjoyment to Krishna, I will enjoy. That should be our attitude and that is what gopis did the best. Why the gopis are the topmost devotees of Krishna? Because they had this attitude. Whatever we do, it is for the pleasure of Krishna. When we develop this attitude of the gopis, then we will become very peaceful and happy. Okay, so this is how Krishna is very nicely explaining here. And when we know this formula, uh, by the way, there are a lot of people who may uh, look very sattvic, they may look very peaceful externally. But external peacefulness will not define the internal substance of a person. Please understand, there are a lot of people who may talk polished language, polished English and polished clothes they may wear. All these things may external appear very nice. They may look very sattvic also. 
but that really does not define the character of a person the character of a person can be defined only by knowing his spiritual foundation when he when a person is having a very strong spiritual foundation his character is strong and based on that character that defines the substance of a person it is not how well you speak how well you dress no your substance within is defined by your spiritual consciousness that krishna consciousness so let us not uh, give up this spiritual consciousness let's develop it more and more okay so you can become peaceful only when you know that you are uh, that krishna is the supreme person supreme enjoyer and is the supreme controller okay so wonderful so last year unmute yourself and let's chant the next words 67 indriyanami charatam yanmano nu vidiyate tat asya harati pragnam
animal that dies because of uncontrolled tongue. Ah, exactly. Okay. So fish is one dies because of uncontrolled tongue. Very nice. Okay. So now I want someone else to uh, give a try. Who dies because which animal dies because of uncontrolled sense of smelling? Which living entity dies because of uncontrolled nose? a good exercise. Next week we are going to have quiz. Definitely. We will end the session too. At the same time we will also have quiz in the next session. So all of you be prepared. There will be a lot of questions. We should not be like uh, you know we hear and we live it. But this is a good exercise for us. So there is this honey bee. There is the bumblebee. It gets trapped by the smell of the fragrance of nice flowers and goes and sits inside the flower and the flower sometimes they close and the bee, the honeybee dies inside the flower. Which is the animal that dies because of the uncontrolled sense of touch? Anybody remembers? I also mentioned honey trap. Anybody remembers what is honey trap? Think, think. Uncontrolled touch. Which animal dies because or get trapped because of uncontrolled touch? Okay, you can give a wild guess, no problem. Even if it is wrong. I, I, I don't have a stick that if you give a wrong answer, I'm going to come and hit you. That is uncontrolled eyes, yeah, that is uncontrolled eyes, but uncontrolled touch. Yes, it is elephant. Elephants are very easily trapped by a she-elephant because it moves around, it goes behind the she-elephant and the she-elephant is nicely trained and it brings this male elephant into a ditch and the ditch, yeah, the elephant is trapped and that is how they catch the wild elephant actually. Okay, so the point here is why I just uh, refresh that is because Krishna very nicely in the 67th word is saying that how even one of the senses can take away our mind, our consciousness away from our goals. Vayor Navam, Navam, Navam means boat. You know we say Nauka Vihar, Nauka Vihar many times we carry the Lord in the boat. Nauka means boat. So Navam also means boat. So when does the boat move away from its place? When there is a strong wind. So when one of the senses is completely carried away by one of its sense objects, then our mind is carried away from the goals. Tad asya harati pradnam. Harati. Harati means it will, it will take away our pradnya. Our consciousness is stolen away. It is hijacked. It is kidnapped because of one uncontrolled sense. See, such dangerous distances are. Indriyanam hi charatam, charatam. So this particular word is a very direct answer to the Arjuna's fourth question. Fourth question of Arjuna about Sita Pragnavat. Prajeta Kim, how does he walk? So charatam, 
This word charatam has to be understood. Charatam means to move. Charatam means to walk. Like we say brahmachari. Right? Brahmachari. Chari means what? Chari. Brahmachari. Brahmacharis are constantly moving. Brahmacharis are constantly moving. That's why they are chara. Chara means chara. Keep on moving. So brahmacharis have to be keep moving always. When I was a brahmachari, I was constantly moving and it's very easy to move from one place to another place for a brahmachari because he's all alone. He just had to have one backpack. Whenever I wanted to go for a pilgrimage when I was a brahmachari, I just had one backpack and everything within a backpack and very easy to move. But now, I am a grahastha. Grahastha. Astha means what? You cannot move. Once you get married, you cannot move easily. You become astha, you become fixed in one place. You will all, anybody who has married, you will get, you will have this experience. You cannot move very easily, you cannot shift from one place to another place very easily. Grahastha. You become astha in one place, you cannot move very easily. And forget about one backpack, you have to carry another backpack. Not just backpack, maybe a big load of other bag, which I do recently. After marriage, I have been doing this. Many of you must have experience. And when children come, not just one bag or two bags, you have to carry more bags. So charatam movement becomes restricted. For a brahmachari it is not like that. Brahmachari is nicely moving around. Wherever you want, one backpack and he keeps moving. Right? So Brahmachari Vanatrasta. Vanatrasta also cannot move very easily. Sanyasi. So Brahmachari and Sanyasi can move around very nicely. So charatam. The point here is when this Indriyanam are constantly charatam, they are constantly moving. Then what happens is our uh, we will become vulnerable to the winds of desires. We will become very vulnerable to so many desires that keep coming to our mind. Yan manolu vidiyate, anuvidiyate. Anuvidiyate means constantly bombarded. There is no problem in, in you know enjoying senses. Once in a while, we are every day we have to engage our senses. We are eating, we are sleeping, we are watching so many things, we are smelling so many things. All that is needed. We cannot be completely away from the sense enjoyment. But anuvidiyate means if you are only constantly thinking only about sense objects, that is not good. Have you seen a cow? A cow is constantly chewing, 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 chewing. Its mouth is constantly churning, churning. Always chewing something, right? The cow. So our senses are also constantly grazing on the sense objects. Even if you are doing something else, if you are working on a project or something, your mind or your other senses will be constantly chewing, grazing on some sense objects. So Krishna is saying don't do that. Don't keep on grazing on the sense objects. If you are constantly grazing on the sense objects like the cow, then Vayor Navam Yamasi. That object, sense object will take us away from the goal and that is not good. So that is why our mind has to be anchored. See when the boat has to be in one place, they put an anchor. Have you seen an anchor? Many times even in big ships, they have these anchors. So this anchor will actually stop the movement, it restricts the movement of the boat. Even big ships. Before they actually come to the ports, many nautical miles away from the port, they leave this anchor in emergency sometimes. 
and when the anchor goes down then it you know it uh, it has the ability to uh, stop the boat stop the ship to a greater extent it's like a, it acts like a brakes for the ship so similarly we need to have an anchor for our mind and when our mind has an anchor of krishna consciousness then we will be very safe our boat will not get disturbed our boat will not go away so very nicely krishna is saying here so if you want to become krishna conscious if you don't want to go here and there you should go to mandir why it is called mandir when you go to the temple temple is called mandir why mandir is a place where your mana will become dhira dhira means stable any the place where your mind becomes stable is called mandir it is not called tandir right it is called mandir it is not called tandir why because it is not where the place where you go and stabilize your body it is called mandir because it is a place temple is a place where you go and stabilize our mind so it's a good place when you go to the temple you stabilize your mind so it's very important at least once in a week you should go to the temple and you should pray so earlier lasya said that yes she had mentioned she doesn't pray so it's a good time that you start going to some temple and pray start praying in front of the lord then it becomes very nice your mind will become anchored our mind will be anchored nicely okay so this is what krishna is saying in the 67 shloka let's go to the 68 words now okay so i want uh, so hinamata ji you can unmute yourself and let's chant this 68 words तस्मा महाबाहो निगृहितानीशिंद्रियांद्रियाभ्यज्ञाप्रतिष्ठिता Once again, tasma yasya mahavaho, nikritani sadvacha, indriya indriya thebya, tasya pragna pratishtita. Okay, wonderful translation. Therefore, O mighty arm, one whose senses are restrained from their objects, is certainly of steady intelligence. Thank you. So Krishna is saying here. तस्मा महाभाव 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 मीन्स वन हैज स्ट्रॉन्ग आर्म्स लाइक बाहुबली सो अर्जुन कॉल्ड हियर एज महाभाव सो कृष्णा वेरी एक्टली यूजेस द नाइस नेम्स ऑफ अर्जुना अकॉर्डिंगली अकॉर्डिंग टू द सर्कमस्टेंसेस दैट ही इज इन राइट नाउ 
So Tasmad is the Mahabhav. Why Arjuna is called Mahabhav? Because he is a very powerful warrior. All the different Kshatriyas on the planet during his time were afraid of Arjuna. The kings whom he had defeated, the not just kings, in fact, the heavenly gods, even they were scared of Arjuna because that is how powerful Arjuna was, extremely powerful. We all know that how Arjuna, because of his mighty power, he also uh, fought with uh, Lord Shiva. And that is how they received the Pashupatashtra from Lord Shiva. So a very very great fighter. So Krishna is calling him as Oh, Tasmat Mahabhava, you are a very great uh, uh, warrior. And there were so many accomplishments that uh, Arjuna had. Uh, from Dronacharya's side as, as a student. And then winning the hands of Draupadi. And many more things. He was quite an accomplished person. Externally speaking, you see Arjuna was very, very uh, highly accomplished person, materially speaking. But at the same time, especially in this state of uh, fight in Kurukshetra, Arjuna is disturbed. So, although you may have a lot of accomplishments externally, it is important that we have internal accomplishments also. And as long as we don't have this internal accomplishment, and what is that internal accomplishment? To have the self-realization, to have the God-realization. If that is not there, if that is missing, then all this external accomplishment will fade away. And that is exactly what is happening to Arjuna. Lot of accomplishments, but he is all getting disturbed right now. A very beautiful example of Bharat Maharaj. I want to share this story with all of you. You know, sometimes Arjuna in the Mahabharata itself, in this uh, uh, Bhagavad Gita as well, there is a very interesting story of Bharat Maharaj. Now, Bharata, you know, we uh, address Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita sometimes as Bharata. Even uh, Dhritarashtra is also addressed sometimes as Bharata. So Sanjaya previously had uh, mentioned even Dhritarashtra as Bharata. Why they are called Bharata? Because they are descendants of King Bharata. So who is this King Bharata? A very very powerful king. Extremely powerful king. So this Bharata was the emperor. King Bharata, Bharat Maharaj was the emperor of the whole planet. Not just India or America or Australia. The whole planet. They were called emperors very powerful everything was under his control but once when he came back to his palace that is when his minister told oh my dear king it is time apparent now that you actually have to install one of your sons to be the king and you have to take one atrasta you have to now uh, take retirement and then uh, Bharat Maharaj was very deeply thinking about it and he had nine sons he was thinking how should I do justice now and he was confused and in this confused state Bharat Maharaj he went and approached Kanma Maharishi 
Now the great thing of the rishis, the great king, uh, the kings before rulers was whenever they are confused, they will go to a learned person. They will always go to some rishis. They will always go to some sages and seek clarification. It's very important. Even in our life, when we are confused, it's better that we approach some authority who is especially uh, practicing spirituality. It becomes very easy for you to get clarification in your own life. So that's exactly what Bharat Maharaj did. And then he goes to Kanva Maharishi, who happens to be also a caretaker of Shakuntala. Shakuntala is the mother of Bharat Maharaj. So Kanva Maharishi had raised Shakuntala, and that is how. Uh, Bharat Maharaj explains his situation to Kanva Maharishi and Kanva Maharishi says, Why are you confused? He says, This is what I want to do. I want to install one of my, I want to nominate one of my sons, but I'm confused. What should I do? Then Kanva Maharishi says, Oh, see, Bharat Maharaj, you have actually conquered everything, the whole world, your emperor, but you have not actually conquered your own mind. You are so confused and disturbed because you're not self-realized. The confusion is because you are not self-realized. What should I do? Don't worry. You start seeking self-realization and the answers will come to you in meantime. And that is how Bharat Maharaj starts practicing Bhakti Yoga. And then one fine day, he actually he appoints, he nominates one of his uh, not sons but a person a very nice angster in his own kingdom called Bhumanyu. So Bhumanyu who was not his son but he was installed as a king. Shakuntala was aghast. She said, Bharat, how can you do this? It will be known in the history that you have performed the greatest injustice to your sons. You are supposed to give, hand over this kingdom to one of your sons but you did not do. Instead you are actually appointing someone else. Bharat Maharaj was quite peaceful at this stage. He was not disturbed by what Shakuntala said and, she, and he said My mother, I am not just a father but I am also a king, I am a ruler and as a ruler all the praja is also a part of my family so it is my duty as a ruler to appoint the right person who is qualified to be the ruler it's not just because of Oh, somebody is connected to me because of some blood relationship. I am going to hand over my ruler, kingship to them. Unlike the today's politicians who actually just want themselves to be glorified and then they want their children to be into politics and then they... Until Dhritarashtra, it was all gone. The moment Dhritarashtra became king, the situation had changed. This is the same Dhritarashtra who is coming in the the dynasty of Bharat Maharaj who appointed not his son but someone else as a king, Bhumanyu and the same Dhritarashtra here we see he is so attached to the kingdom he wants to give he wants to uh, break all the dharmic religious principles and instead want only his son Duryodhana to become the king just see the shift just down few generations and the shift had happened in their own dynasty right so, Bharat Maharaj is a fine example how we need to have that internal peace and only when you have that clarity of thought, that clarity of, yes, I am a spirit soul, I have a bigger role to play in this material world and then go back to the spiritual world. When you understand that, then we will not be disturbed 
ग्रैंडफादर and he told uh, grandfather i want to watch a movie it's a nice movie and my friend and i both of us we want to go and watch this movie can you please help i want some money from you and the grandfather said no 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 you cannot go and that's it the boy because he heard no now it's not that he goes to his father then he goes to his mother no i want to go and watch nothing in at least in the previous uh, ages it was not like that once no means no unlike today's children uh, you know in spite of saying getting the answer as no from the grandfather they will go to the mother they will go to the father they will go to uncle and everybody else so this boy was quite okay and he was uh, uh, just went on with his own regular thing three four days later the grandfather called his boy and gave him a little money and said you wanted to watch a movie right when was the movie with your friends and also take this extra little money and you can eat a little bit if you want to eat something else and this boy was all astonished just few days ago my grandfather did not allow me and now he insists is calling and giving me so much money to watch a movie with my friend now at that age he did not had the guts to ask why he is doing this but later on when this boy grew up he asked his grandfather that you had done this to me earlier when i was a child why did you do so first you stopped me and then later you asked me to go and watch and then the grandfather explains that you see I just wanted to check if you have that self control. I just wanted to see if you can control yourself. It's very important as parents that any time there are demands from our children, it's not that we should immediately satisfy. Many parents do this mistake that moment the child cries a little bit, immediately they want to fulfill the desire and moment you fulfill the desire, then we are setting a wrong example. we are actually not making them dhira we are not making them self control so we can get so many tidbits like this from great uh, parents from our vedic culture and then that can be implemented in our life because we should actually look for shreyas for our children not prayers we should not immediately think of giving immediate pleasure to our children we should always think of a long term pleasure we have long term happiness for our children so think of shreyas and not prayers for our children right so sense control indriyan indriya kepyas let us not enjoy and indulge in sense enjoyment rather we should better understand this uh, principle and control over sense so very nice krishna is saying here and let me check the time now how much time okay we have little uh, time we have 15 more minutes and i will complete uh okay i think if i take another shloka it will take some more time so you can ask me questions and uh, i also have another very important thing to share with all of you so i think i will not go with the next shloka today and uh, in the next session we will cover the 69th word onward and we will complete chapter 2 plus we are going to have uh we are going to have the quiz 
so all of you be prepared because next session is going to be very important and uh, you can all refresh yourself with the knowledge of the second chapter and we can have some interesting words okay and uh, we will end chapter 2 in the next session but i have something important to share with all of you today and that is today is the beginning of kartik month now it is very very important as devotees as practicing devotees we follow this kartik vrata uh, this very beautiful month very colorful month this is the month when we celebrate even deepavali and we also celebrate govardhan puja there are many festivities that come and it is very vibrant very colorful full of lights so this month starting from today we are going to celebrate kartikotsava no how do we celebrate this kartikotsava so very interesting all of you every single day it is mentioned in lot of scriptures that in this kartik month which is very dear to krishna why it is dear to krishna is because it represents or the adishtapri devi of this kartik month is radharani now radharani is very dear to krishna she is also called as kartika devi which means that she represents this month and because radharani is so dear to krishna this month is also very dear to krishna so in this month we pray to radha and krishna and especially we pray to damodara damodara is the form of the lord where he gets bound by mother yashoda you must have seen the beautiful picture of damodara where the small little krishna was bound to the wooden mortar uh and uh, a very beautiful pastime which i am going to explain maybe next week uh, we will discuss this whole deepotsava thing very interesting pastime this damodar leela so <clears throat> it's also called as damodar month in this month it is explained that every single day we need to offer ghee lamps to lord damodara to radha krishna so all of you starting from today until november 30th each one of you should take a ghee lamp and offer to krishna at your home if anybody if there someone it is feasible for you to go to the temple you can go to the temple and offer but at your home you can offer this ghee lamp when you offer a ghee lamp to krishna in this month many many sinful reactions which are sitting in our heart which we have committed for so many lifetimes will all be burnt we will become free from all the sinful reactions in our heart it is so important to offer ghee lamp in this particular month and along with offering this ghee lamp we can also sing this damodarashtakam i am going to share audio and also the lyrics of this damodarashtakam to all of you so every single day before you take a dinner you can actually before or after no problem any convenient time you can in the evening read sing this damodarashtakam with the audio that i am going to send 
and then you can after uh, singing the whole Damodar Sattam, you can offer ghee lamps to Krishna. It's very very important. This whole month, every evening, we need to do this. It's a very colorful festival. In fact, uh, during this Kartik month, uh, every year we go to Vrindavan. Last year during this time, we were in Vrindavan. We organized trips, and next time when we organize. We will definitely call all of you. You can join us for the trip to Vrindavan where we can personally see how Krishna has performed so many Leelas. We can visit to all the different places where Krishna has performed this pastime in Vrindavan. So we will go to the place where Krishna was also bound. So last year, very same time, we were in Vrindavan with a group of devotees from Bangalore. We had taken them. So every year we organize, my wife and I, both of us, uh, about 25-30 people, we try to form a group and we go to Vrindavan. So, this is the time to visit Vrindavan also. Very colorful it will be to visit Vrindavan during this time. And singing Dhamudrashtakam and offering Gilam is extremely important. Along with this, try to read Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatam and also listen to Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam which you are already doing. You can intensify it even more this month because anything that you do in this month will be giving you results 1000 times more than the regular days. So it's very important month. This Kartik Damodar month is extremely very very beautiful. And it's uh, so much fun to light the diyar and sing this Damodar Sikha every single day. And every day we sing this at home. And in fact at our home we organize this uh, program, especially on Govardhan Puja. Uh, this month is when you see uh, Lord Krishna when he was seven years old, he lifted this Govardhan hill. And this happened in this Kartik month. Kamsa was killed in Kartik month. So there are many many things which I want to share about Kartik month. In the next uh, session, we will have an exclusive session on Kartik Utsav itself on Kartik month. Uh, so this Kartik month, please chant and read more every single day and please fast on Ekadashis, that's also very important. Many devotees, they take only one time, one single meal uh, for the whole month. You don't have to do that, but at least on Ekadashis, you can fast nicely. And also, if possible, if possible, this month you can abstain from taking Uruddha. This is the fourth month of Chaturmasya and on the fourth month, we avoid this Kartik month we avoid taking Uruddha. That means no Idli, no Dosas. So, <laughs> it's difficult, might be. Some of you South Indians especially. Uh, so, no Uruddha. Try to avoid Uruddha. Chaturmasya, we avoid one thing in each month. The very first month of Chaturmasya, we avoid leafy vegetables. No vegetables. Second month, we avoid curd. Third month, milk. And fourth month, Uruddha. Okay? So, if you can avoid Uraddal, you can avoid that will be really nice, starting from today, okay? And also, uh, we will discuss more about Govardhan and Govardhan Puja, what to do on Govardhan Puja, uh, how do we celebrate this Govardhan Puja, uh, it's a very nice festival, and on Deepavali, what to do, all these things we will discuss more coming forward. But from today, please offer ghee lamps, each one of you, even if it's a child at home, let them offer ghee lamps at home, and I am going to share the lyrics of Damodar Ashtakam. You can also listen to the audio and then nicely sing. It's a very beautiful song. Very, very beautiful, melodious song. So, uh, 
wish i could uh, uh, invite all of you maybe uh, next time when this pandemic gets over i will invite all of you and you can all come and participate okay so very nice so if there are any questions you can feel free to ask me questions and also uh, my apologies today because i had to shift the session on saturday today because tomorrow we have some engagement so i thought we will do it today so if there is any inconvenience sorry for that okay so all right so can you please repeat the question hinamata jati as humans we may err wrong karmas okay all through our lives what is the difference in the repercussions of our karmas at different ages like when we are children adults and as we grow older do our responsibilities and our karmic debts change accordingly yes spiritual life is very dynamic like you said to our is human each one of us we commit mistakes and it is also said some of the scriptures they mention that until the age of 12 if we have committed any sins unknowingly and knowingly sometimes those sins are forgiven but after 12 years after 12 years most of your karmas are accounted but before 12 years if you have committed some sinful things then they are kind of forgiven many times as children we may kill ants we may kill some insects and so many things like that they will be forgiven but beyond the 12 years then they will be taken into account so there are some scriptural references for that and then how do this karma act upon what are the repercussions again these repercussions are not based on the age factor karmana gahano gati this karmana karma is extremely complex it is very dynamic as well so now what happens is we have a lot of karma especially the bad reactions are sitting so when you start doing this bhakti yoga when you start practicing bhakti yoga especially chanting the hari krishna mantra and understanding the philosophy so what's happening is there is a cleansing that is begin now cheto darpana marjanam so that cleansing of the heart is happening but at the same time the previous anarthas are there and sometimes we are also adding some new anarthas so you see there is a lot of up and down that is happening there is an addition there is a subtraction so when you chanting the hari krishna mantra the reactions are getting burnt but every day we are also knowingly and knowingly committing some mistakes so this is a very dynamic process the karma is extremely dynamic process but but the more we perform devotional service the more the cleansing will happen and gradually it will become fully clean there will be a point when you will reach that pure consciousness that pure krishna consciousness which is free from all the karmas again the next chapter the third chapter we will discuss a lot about karma because the third chapter is all about karma yoga we will understand karma more in detail that what are the types of karma there is something called as sanchit karma there is prarabdha karma all these different things we will understand and how these things are reacting how these results are coming to us it's a very complex things 
and I really want to share a lot of details about when you do a certain thing, what will come to you as a reaction. So all these things we will discuss as we go forward in the next day. Okay? So let me see if the recognition is going on like that. Yes, it's a dynamic process. Our responsibilities and our karma, they dynamically keep changing because there is an influence of our previous, you know, we have astrology. So there is an influence of the planets, there is an influence of our mind, there is an influence of your devotional service that you are doing right now. So you see there are a lot of forces which are acting on the human consciousness. So just like I told you earlier that gravity, although you cannot see the force of gravity is acting on you. Time, although you cannot see the tangible result of time acting on you, but time is really acting. We are every single moment we are becoming old, we are growing old. So these different forces are acting on us and dynamically it will change. The responsibilities will dynamically change, our perception will dynamically change. Our attitude towards life will dynamically change. The mistakes that we have committed will get burnt off by devotional service. So a lot of things will happen. This is the churning phase, Mataji. This whole uh, process of devotional service, the spirituality when you begin your life, there will be a lot of churning that will happen in your heart. This churning will bring out the best out of us. And this is the difficult phase. In bhakti, this churning, this cleansing is the most difficult phase. It's very painful also sometimes. But we have to have that confidence, we need to have that determination and association of right devotees, then I think that will help you going forward. So it's a, it's not so easy as we think, but it is very much possible to achieve that supreme pure Krishna consciousness. Okay, so I hope that answers your question to some degree, but definitely karma we will understand more in the next chapter, that is chapter 3. Hare Krishna. So alright then, we will meet you again next uh, Sunday.